Welcome to the Wellness for Black Girls podcast, a bi-weekly podcast that aims to empower millennial Black women on their holistic health journeys by moving through the dimensions of wellness. I'm your host, Tarion Yael, a certified health educator and clinical lab scientist. For more information, please visit wellnessforblackgirls.com. While I hope you enjoy listening to and learning from the podcast, please remember that it is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed healthcare provider. Now let's get into this episode. Thank you for tuning in to episode number six of the Wellness for Black Girls podcast. I want to start out by sharing my first Apple podcast review. Now, if you'd like a quick shout out on the podcast too, then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. And be sure to leave your Instagram handle so that I can slide in your DMs as well and send you a quick thank you. Now let's hear this first review. It's titled, Not Just Another Opinion. And it says, unlike so many other YouTube videos and podcasts, the wellness tips provided are well-researched and evidence-based with no product endorsements. Good job. So that review comes from SRH156, who is also known as my mom. So shout out to my mom for being my first Apple podcast reviewer and for being one of my biggest, if not my biggest supporters. Now, maybe one day I'll get a few sponsors and maybe I'll endorse a few products, but for now I'm flying solo. But again, thank you to my mom for literally being my A1 since day one. I also want to give her a shout out because at the time this episode is published on June 25th, 2020, my mom will be a few days away from being officially retired. Wow. Can I take a moment to talk about my mom for a minute? Of course, this is my podcast, so that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Some of my earliest memories of her are of her dressed up in her military uniform and headed to work. She was a nurse in the Air Force at the time, so she would be in her white nurse's uniform or on special occasions in her dress uniform. I remember how she styled her hair, makeup, and how she wore her jewelry. It was so subtle, classy, and stylish, and of course, within regulation. I loved her sassy bob, cut hairstyle, her berry-colored lipstick, and her chic stud earrings. I love seeing her all dressed up, making her own money, and doing her thing within her career. When I was a little girl, I pictured myself doing exactly the same, because most, if not all, of the Black women in my life, like my mom, worked full-time outside of the home. And this wasn't a coincidence. Black women have always been expected to work. And according to data from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, Black women have had the highest labor force participation among all women for years. So for me growing up, 
I assumed that I'd be doing the same because it just was what it was. Now, I want to share a moment with you all, uh, a moment of transparency with you all. Um, when I started doing my research for this episode, I, I ran into a little bit of a rough time. So I was trying to find statistics on Black women within the workforce, and specifically Black women within the workforce throughout the generations. So almost instantly in, in my search, I started pulling up article after article after article about the negative experiences that Black women have had and continue to have within the labor market. I anticipated finding information on things like the race and gender wage gap and microaggressions, but the information about the feelings and experiences of isolation, the experiences of dealing with unfair expectations, biased assumptions, and misperceptions that Black women have dealt with and continue to deal with, hearing and reading those things really started to get to me. I started feeling myself getting anxious because I have had those experiences and sometimes I still struggle with those very things. So I took a break from the research that day and the next day I had a goal getter phone session with my goal coach. Shout out to Jessica Lauren. In the process of talking with her about my experience, the previous day, I came to realize that when it comes to work, I struggle to practice self-care. I mentioned some of my struggles previously on the podcast in episode one and in the bonus episode. And based on a lot of the feedback that I got from those episodes, I know for sure that I'm not alone in my experiences. Our mothers certainly paved the way for us within the workforce, and they found ways to care for themselves and everyone else in the process. So how do we, as millennial Black women, carry the torch? How do we preserve our health and wellness while navigating our career journeys in a way that honors the generations before us while holding true to our values? This brings me to our wellness dimension topic of the day, which is occupational wellness. This dimension involves participating in activities that provide meaning and purpose and reflect our personal values, interests, and beliefs. And these activities include employment. Now, I'm going to be transparent with you all again. When I first read this definition of occupational wellness from SAMHSA, I reacted with a bit of cynicism. I understand how activities such as community service provide meaning and purpose, but I wondered, is it possible to find employment that provides meaning, purpose, and reflects our personal values, with one of these values being the prioritization of self-care? 
in the process of trying to find tips to help us answer this question, I found a few good ones that I think will help us. So the first is to assess our mindset. This involves being honest with ourselves about our views on work and how those views influence the way we show up. We can ask ourselves if if we're the type of person who feels that everything must be done and it must be done now, so I can't take a break until it's all done. Um, I'm guilty of this. <laughs> be transparent again. I'm getting a little bit better, but I'm, I'm still a work in progress. And then another extension of this kind of thought would be, if I don't do it, then it won't get done. Or if someone else does it, then it won't be done correctly. So in this process of assessing our mindset, we try to think about where does this come from? Um, do we feel we have something to prove? Do we feel we have to be in control things? And I wonder if we can shift our mindsets and affirm that we are not defined by our work. So the second tip is to set boundaries. I know this one can be tough for some of us, especially for those of us who are the type of the type of person that likes to help people. So when we're asked to take on more than we know we can handle, this may be one of those moments where we need to speak up and ask for help. So the third tip is to develop a morning, afternoon, and or an evening routine. During these moments, the goal is to pour into ourselves. So these are the things in the day that we can control. So we want to try to eat regularly and eat healthy foods if we can, and to stay hydrated throughout the day. We may even meditate in the morning or during our lunch break or journal in the evenings after work. And we want to make sure we get enough rest at night. So the idea is to do things that nourish and restore us mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. These next two tips, four and five, sort of go hand in hand. This involves finding a network of mentors and a community of peers. Ideally, we want to build genuine connections with mentors that possess a good deal of career knowledge and wisdom and a community of peers that can act as a social support system while we're at work. And of course, our mentors and peers can fit in any of these roles at any given time. The thing I want to say about these tips is that they can be applied to multiple areas of our lives. So I want us to develop a self-care practice with these things in mind. So I've created a free mini seven-day summer self-care challenge for us to do together. It will run from July 12th through the 18th. July is National Black, Indigenous, and People of Color 
Mental Health Awareness Month. So I figured we could do this challenge during the middle of the month because, of course, mental health is a crucial part of our overall health and well-being. The Summer Self-Care Challenge is something that anyone can do, whether you are working from home, outside the home, or are currently on the job search. It's my hope that we'll be able to hold one another accountable and be encouraged knowing that we are doing the Summer Self-Care Challenge together. Of course, I'll include a link to sign up for the challenge in the show notes. As a quick recap, the five ways to practice self-care as it relates to our occupational wellness include assessing our mindset and feelings towards work, setting and speaking up about our boundaries, creating routines that nourish us outside of work, establishing a network of professional mentors, and building a community of peers. I hope these quick tips are helpful. If they are, then go ahead and sign up for the free mini seven-day summer self-care challenge where we'll dive into these tips a little bit more. I know that I definitely need this challenge, so I hope you'll join me. I'll include a link in the show notes for signups. You can also find the link to sign up by heading to wellnessforblackgirls.com and clicking on episode number six. If you want to keep up with the podcast on social media, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at wellnessforblackgirls. And you can follow my personal Instagram page at Torian Yael. And together, we'll continue moving through the dimensions of wellness.